Westplex 107.1. What's a man got to do to get get you on the air, Shelly? What's a man got to do? What's say a man gotta pretty do? please. Pretty please. Okay. And I pray say pretty please. And you say. Ah! Really? Do you sit up at night thinking that something is funny and then put it into your system? What? What? What now? I said, do you do you sit up at night and think, oh, this is going to be funny. I'm going to make this really, I'm going to capture this really obnoxious noise and put it up on our system. I'm getting real sick of having no one to come home to cuddle with. Exactly. <laughs> Brad, 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 what am I going to do with you? Why would you say something like that? Wait a minute. Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. It's so early in the morning. Okay, now listen carefully to this one. We're going to talk about this next hour, okay? There's a story behind this one. You ready? Uh Uh-huh. Okay. There's a story behind that. And it's Would a fa- that be the, the sound you made when I throat punched you the other day? <laughs> no, there's a fascinating story behind that. Uh, it truly is. Truly is. It's a fascinating story. And uh, of course I, I, it is. No, no, seriously. 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 And when I tell you the story, you're going to go, you, you're, it's so unbelievable, you're not going to believe it. It's going to be one of those things you're going to go like, yeah, right, he made that up. That's yeah, half BS the stuff again. you say, I believe, and it's total BS. <laughs> no, 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 no. 60 temperature right now. I'm trying to get my thing. 70, <laughs> and I digress. 72 and foggy. And man, it is foggy out there. So please be careful. It's a foghorn, leghorn kind of morning. Started last night. And there's some spots uh, where you're going to r- run into some really intense fog. So dense, intense, whatever you want to take a look at. So please be careful because you know what we say. We na- may not be the biggest radio station uh, in the world. But you know what? We ha- We appreciate every single listener. And if we lose one of you due to some kind of an accident or something like that. I mean, like, if we used, if we lost one listener this morning, it could cut down our listenership by half. So please. That's actually not correct. <laughs> That's true. Because I was talking to Caleb Hunter, and he said that we have a following. Oh, yeah. You know what? Yeah, they listen to us out at the prison on Pacific. We don't go to Pacific. Oh, yeah, you can hear us out there. Yeah. No, we don't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can hear us out in Pacific. Yeah. yeah. Okay, what, are they streaming? Oh, they they take their they take their bunks and they stick them on on end and they attach uh-huh. that to the radio and it you know it acts like a special kind of you know antenna and it sucks us right in and we they listen to us out there and they get okay. in trouble they get in trouble because their bunks are on you know not horizontal they're vertical so they get in trouble for that so okay this is BS in the morning I am Brad he is Shelly and um, it's six twenty. So you're, so you're done. So that's the cue that when when she see when when Shelly's done talking, she'll say, "Well, it's six twenty, which means I'm supposed to hit. I'm okay. Let me. Okay. So she says it's six twenty, and that means I'm supposed to hit something like. Oh, okay. Wrong thing. Okay. Dope. Where so, was that from? Um, oh, that was Joe Biden. Yes, that was the that was the interview. That was the infamous interview where he said things like. 
Now, it was interesting. He was being interviewed by a black journalist. This was the National yes, Association. Yes, he was. Of, I actually saw that. Yeah, there was the National Association of Black Journalists. is the National Association of Hispanic Journalists. And once again, he said that to a black dude. And if Trump would have said that to a black journalist, oh, my God, there'd be there'd be riots. I, I can't believe he said that. He accused one of our, he accused, uh, where, 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 which is one? Is this the one that, I don't know. Wrong one, but anyway, that was the one where he asked he asked the guy if he were on he was on cocaine. You know, going like, yeah, right. You know, Trump says some weird stuff at press conferences, but he's never accused anybody of being on cocaine. Uh, maybe heroin, but not cocaine. <laughs> you know, here we go again. It, it, talk about talk about racial divide. Trump goes to Kenosha, and the Blake family refuses to meet with him. Today, I believe it's today, Biden goes to uh, Kenosha and he's meeting with the Blake family. Okay. <laughs> it's like, okay. You know, or like, and, 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 you know, once again. So I wonder what it would feel like to be that much of a behind to literally say to the president of the United States, the, the most powerful man in the free world. I'm I'm not going to take your visit. Okay, let's flip it around. Let's do the flip test on this, and let's say Barack Obama's still in the White House, and he's going to visit somebody, and they go, oh, I don't want to meet with him. They go, oh, people are racists, right? <laughs> it's like they would, yes. but it wouldn't make national news. Well, this whole thing's crazy, and then the Nancy. Pol- it really is. The Nancy Pelosi thing gets more interesting because at first she said that everything was okay, and now she said that it was a trap set by by uh, Trump and that she fell for it and and that she can't believe that this. But in, in the goofy thing about it is, I think you and I talked about what this about yesterday. her hair or yeah, about yeah, Biden? No, not no, no the, the hair deal where they where they had security camera of her inside the salon, you know, with no mask on, and once again, you're not supposed to be. And here's the bizarre thing, okay. So they say right now the only way you can get your hair cut in San Francisco is outside, okay? Your daughter does hair. I mean, is, isn't there some... She does a COVID cut. But isn't She's there... very specific. Isn't there some law against cutting hair outside? I mean, isn't like... isn't no. Isn't hair like... I don't like, think so. Well, isn't hair like, like, you know, stuff like bodily, you know, parts that you have to dispose of properly or something like that? You know what I mean? Isn't you know where everything's so weird nowadays? I mean, just like like for example, if you if you have like if 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 one of your loved ones passes away, I hope that doesn't happen. But if it does, and they're cremated, there's all sorts of regulations. You have to sign all sorts of stuff. And you know, you hear about people. You know, oh, I'm gonna take the ashes of my father and you know and spread them here. Do you know that's against the law? You have to have a permit. It's against the law to put it in the ocean. Yes. We well, have to have a permit for that. I mean, it's against the law to do practically anything with the, with the with the the the, the uh, ashes. I mean, you can't just say, oh, I'm gonna you know you know you know go in the front yard of my house and spread my father over there. That's against the law. And and if you if you ship the ashes through you know like United States Postal Service, there's all sorts of regulations you have to you know comply with, and you have to sign off all this kind of stuff, and you know and and check this box and certify that and the whole bit. And yet, 
I, you know, to me, it's it's like I mean, I cut my hair outside. You know, I cut my own hair now. I've I had, know you I do. have for a while. I and got, it actually doesn't look too bad. The first time, nah. it looked like a COVID cut. <laughs> well, there's there's the learning curve. You know, I mean, there I, was the learning curve. Well, I got and then you you I, um I got my yeah hit that curve head on. Well, you know, once Excuse again, I spent ninety nine bucks for my wall. You know, I got it was tough to get, and I finally found some supply place down because I couldn't buy one locally. I tried everywhere, and they were both sold out. You didn't ask me; I would have gotten you one. I don't want a used one; I want a new one. I understand that, Brad. And I got a new one. I got it from a company down in Florida, and there was. I know, but you could have shopped local. There weren't any around. That's not true, Shelley. I called. What? I went through on on Google. I went through and I Googled it. You know, and I told you my story that. Did Sally, you go to the place where the hairdressers go? Which is. There's State Beauty Supply. Yes. There's, yes. Um, yes. Yes. I went to I and and at one Sally Beauty store I called. You know, there's another place. There's a difference. I get that, it, but that is for people. No, but State they, Beauty Supply is for professionals only. I called. They didn't have any. They were sold out, as as was everybody. I finally, one of the ladies at Sally Beauty said, oh, I think we have one. Nope, we sorry, it's gone. And she says, you can order it online. And I did, and two weeks later, they canceled my order. They go, I'm sorry, we're not able to fulfill your order. And I got my money back. So I ended up going on eBay, of all places, and finding a place down in Florida. And I got one. So, and once again, it cost me 99 bucks. And look, I hate to say this, because I'm a guy that says, you know, if I, for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, you know, I mean, like since I was a kid, how many times I get my hair cut in my life? You know, a bunch of times. I ain't getting my hair cut anymore. I'm doing it myself, you know? It's at a point where it's like. And you've actually kind of, when I saw you the other day, your hair really did look nice. Hey, I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting better at it, you know? I mean, although I almost killed myself cutting my hair, that's a whole other story, where I almost dropped the mirror Yeah, on where you kind of cut the jugular a no, little bit. No, 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 no. You I, nipped it? No, if I told you what happened, you wouldn't believe me. I almost... I almost. I, I probably would believe you, and, and I probably would shake my head like I'm doing now. Yeah, I almost got killed cutting my hair. Again, yeah, I'm shaking my head. I almost got killed cutting my hair. How did you do that? <sighs> you know what? I just hit something on my computer, and the display went blank. It's going to be one of those mornings. <laughs> Okay, hold on a minute. Yeah, it's going to be one of those mornings. Okay, hold on a minute. Don't go away. I'm going to have to okay. do a reboot. My screen went blank. Jeez Louise. Okay, we're, we're. I was going to take a break here, but I can't take a break because of the fact that my computer... And man, I hope this is not what I think it is. Hold on a minute. Okay, we're going to have to do a complete reboot here and see what happens. Hopefully it'll come up. Because otherwise, I'm in trouble. Yeah, here we go. Okay. Um... What was the question again? I can't remember. <laughs> I got as, so involved in as, the fact that you were having a problem. As we vamp, that, um, we vamp huh? for as we vamp for time as my computer reboots. You know, I have to tell you, um, this is I built this computer myself, and the reason we do this here at the radio station is oh, and here we go. I hate it. Windows update. That's why it got glitchy on me. Don't you hate it? I always set them for at night. Man. Here we go. It's going to go, don't turn your computer off, and it's going to, you know, go 30, 40, 50%, and then, you know, and then don't turn your computer off, and it goes back to 50, 60, 70%. Don't turn your computer off. But can I shoot it with my gun? (laughs) I think you can. Can you do that on the air? 
you know, I tell you, I, you know, yesterday I talked about my days as a police dispatcher, and there was this story which supposedly happened, and yet, you know, it was like one of these, you know, can you believe this happened? And that's a 33%, blah, 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 blah. Uh, hold on a minute. I can look at something. Here. Talk just for a minute. Okay, just for a minute. So I went over to um, Caleb Hunter's, you know, Extreme Electrical, and they have a new automotive shop, and it's called Salt River Automotive, and they are ready for everyone. They, um, you know, they've got like 36 vehicles, I think, in their fleet, and so they've been maintaining their own vehicles, and um, now they've got this shop that will, the, the public will, are, are welcome to come in, and, you know, Extreme Electrical's vehicles are, are on everywhere in St. Charles. Don't you agree, Brad? Yes, they are. So they're everywhere. They're everywhere. And anyway, it was a lovely shop. If a shop could be lovely. But it was it was nice. It was nice. It was clean. Everything is new and fresh. And um, they're, they're, they've got the lifts. They've got the tires. They've got um, everything that you need. Oil changes. I just actually, um, I sent them a Google review and I actually emailed them because I was trying out their website and um, I want to know about air conditioning because for some reason, Precious, she doesn't have cold air when I start and it's really frustrating to me because I don't sweat, I glisten and I was glistening a lot. Does it, (laughs) does it eventually get cold? Eventually, yes. You probably have a low Freon. Or not necessarily Freon. Freon's a trademark. What You have R134A. That's probably what you're low on. Okay. I got it rebooted. Let's see what happens. Let's take a break, and we'll see what happens. It's 134. Westplex 107.1. It is BS in the morning. Yes. 638. Yeah, da, 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 da. That's the way they do it. A good morning to you. I am Shelly. She is Brad. Foggy this morning. Have the complete weather forecast coming up in just a minute. Did you see? Did you? Or no. I, I, there's a couple... TV reports on this, but they didn't have any actually video. But did you hear this? What happened at LAX over the weekend? Uh, airport on Los About Angeles. About the jetpack? Yes. Can you believe that? I did hear that. Some guy supposedly like flying at three thousand feet in a jetpack on the approach at 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 LAX, and supposedly one of the pilots claims he came came within 30, 30 yards, essentially ninety hundred feet of the plane. I'm going like, okay, first off. See, wouldn't he get sucked in the jet wash? Well, if he was off to the side. You know what I'm saying? I yeah, mean, not the no, jet wash, if, but yeah, maybe, right, right. maybe that's what I'm no, saying. Because you know how when you drive down the road and you're behind a tractor trailer, you get kind of sucked in with their well, back? It's called it's called in aircraft, it's called wingtip vortices. Yes. And, and they're like they're like two horizontal tornadoes coming off the, the, the plane, the wing of the planes, and the tornado, the two uh the two uh, uh, vortices uh, or the two vortexes, I guess is the proper way of putting it. They 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 go in opposite directions. I can't remember if they go if they go if they go in or they go out. I can't remember. But yeah, so that's why. But but he was off to the side. But still, okay, a jetpack, three thousand feet. I mean, if what happens if you run out of you know most of those jetpacks don't have much fuel in them. You know, they they burn you know a tremendous amount of fuel. He's at three thousand feet. I'll go like. What in the world? And not only that, if he's, you know, flying he's around. He's getting close to minimum safe distance. Do you think he was wearing a mask? 
<laughs> well, but, but minimum safe distance. He's not supposed you know. Oh, my God. It's crazy. You know, they had that report. What was it? Two or three weeks ago, we talked about that the uh, President Trump wasn't on the the plane. I don't think he was on the plane. I think they were ferrying Air Force One back from one location to another. And two, the people on the plane saw a, a, a drone fly by. You know, I mean, really? Like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they they've had haven't had that much problem in the United States, but man, at some places in Europe, they've had a tremendous problem with drones at airports. Um, you know, and uh, there's I think there was one of them. One of the the uh, airlines, um, I believe it might have been in Stockholm. I remember reading that story that, that one of the airliners actually hit one. And, you know, the problem with that is, is that, you know, you think a small drone, what's it going to do to a you know, big jet? Well, if it gets sucked in the engine, it's going to destroy the engine. You know, they talk about like the bird strikes, at least the birds. Yep, you know, if you migratory get, waterfowl. Right. If you get enough birds in in the engine, it's, you know, that's like the, you know, the Sully thing on the, the, you know, the Hudson River. That's what happened. They ran through a big flock of birds and it flamed out both engines. It damaged both engines. They couldn't get them restarted, you know. Uh, but, but you know, uh, you know, a bird's one thing because, you know, feathers sort of soft and, you know, let's not be gross, but, you know, birds are like not built like out of aluminum and metal and things like that. Whereas, you know, a drone has hard parts, including like a battery and things like that, which don't necessarily shred too easily going through a jet engine. I got a feeling that would probably, you know, hurt, you know, seriously damage a jet engine. But still, to me, it's like when I heard this, I go like, okay, first off, the guy's at LAX. He's on the approach end of the runway at LAX. He's at 3,000 feet. And it's like, that's pretty crazy. It's one of my favorite movies, though. Have you ever seen The Rocketeer? No. But oh. you, you see that, but you don't see movies that normal people see. The Rocketeer is one of my all-time favorite movies. And it's a Disney Isn't it a rom-com? No. Well, no, it's not. It's it's set. Totally a rom-com. No, You know, there's not. a girl involved. No. There's a guy involved. Isn't that true of every movie? I'm sorry? Isn't that true of every movie? There's a girl and a guy. Tell me a movie that where it's yeah, not involved, where it's not violent. a girl and a guy. It didn't have people blowing up. You know, I, The Rocketeer was kind of a PG-13 movie. No, it was a, I think it was a G. It was a Disney movie way back when. It's It's been out like a long time. I mean, long time. I think like 20 years, maybe longer than that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, what I'm saying is that it was approved for younger people. So no. they're not going to have... No, I'll have to look it up. I don't know what the rating okay. on it was. But but it was it was a good movie. You should go see it. I'll pull it up on Netflix. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think you can get it on Netflix anymore because it's a Disney movie. I think I think they I think they took all the Disney movies off of Netflix, didn't they? Wasn't that the whole deal with Disney Plus that if you want to watch Disney stuff, you got to go to Disney? Hey, you know, here we go once again. People are cutting the cord, you know, and oh, I'm not going to spend a hundred dollars a month for the cable company, but then okay, they spend X amount of dollars for Hulu, X amount of dollars for Disney Plus, X amount of dollars for HBO Max, and pretty soon, and then plus they're paying for their internet service through the cable company. It's like pretty soon they're up to 150 bucks. It's like okay, what good did cutting the cord do where you could just pay a hundred bucks and get all that stuff you don't have to you know go well let me think is that movie on disney plus or you know that way it's just all on your cable right i i actually get get by with netflix and prime i don't have any i don't have either one anymore i have youtube and and matter of fact we do have our yes, guest in do. the eight o'clock hour uh, uh alex uh legit streetcar and uh i think he's going to be really interesting and, and, and I know people are going to go like, oh, he's talking about, you know, fixing up cars. Well, that's not the direction I'm going to try to take the interview because, once again, if I'm not mistaken, 
He makes a full-time living out of this, making YouTube videos, and he makes a good full-time living out of this, sort of like when we had the history guy on. You know, the history guy makes a good living. He told us that he makes, makes more money doing YouTube videos in his basement than he did when he was working as an executive at Blue Cross Blue Shield. So, you know, what's the deal with that? My phone's going nuts. What's going on here? Somebody really wants to get a hold of you. Uh, 1991? Could that be right? The smartest woman in the world says 1991, and it was PG. Yeah, that's probably right. 29 years ago, that movie's that old? Holy cow. Well, think of The Matrix. I've never seen that movie. You have, too, seen The Matrix. I, I, I have never seen the movie from start to finish. I've seen I've seen pieces of it on... On YouTube? YouTube. I've never seen the entire movie. I'm telling you, I've never seen it. You know, I know what it's about. You know, I've read, you know, I've read reviews and things like that, you know, but yet I've never seen the entire movie. I mean, there, there's the, the classic, you know, uh, uh, there's a couple of classic sh- scenes in there I've seen. The one where him and what's, her, what's the gal's name? They go into the office building and they're going through the checkpoint and they pull out all the guns and, you know, and they shoot all the guards. And, and then they go into the, uh, the, uh, the elevator and then they go upstairs and then they get rescued by a helicopter and, you know, stuff like that. I mean, seen that, but that's pretty much it. That wasn't the first one. I thought that was the first one. No, the first. Oh, that's no. You're you're wrong. That is the first one. They had a they had the the second one, which when I think they was, when they rescue Morpheus. No, 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 no. That was the thing where the very first one where they go into the office building, and him and the gal. It's Kino. It's uh, and 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 they go into the office building. And they got the long coats on, and they go through the metal detectors. And when the you know when the guard asks him to open up his jacket, he opens up his jacket, and he's got forty-two guns. You know, and that's when they start shooting every other guards and things like that. And then they go upstairs to rescue him, and and they they rescue him with the helicopter. Don't you remember that whole thing? I do. That's when they were arresting. Um, that, that's the first one. I I never saw the second one because the second one, what I heard, sucked. So I never watched any of it. And it's not on YouTube anyway. So anyway, hey, we got to take a break. 645. Westplex 107.1. Matt Kearney, what a great song that is. Closer to love. Good morning to you. 655. It's BS in the morning. Shelly, I apologize. I'm a little bit out of breath. I was uh, in the studio here uh, practicing my uh, WAP dance. I'm going to do that one on video. Your WAP dance? Yeah. You know, the Cardi B and the, um, um, what, Cardi B and the Megan the Stallion dance that, you know, the big controversial video in the song. I've been, I've been practicing that dance. I haven't seen it, but I bet I bet you practicing the dance. I'd love to see. Oh man, it's 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 tough. It's tough, especially for a dude. You know, dudette's got a little bit more advantage from uh, than dudes doing that dance. But uh, you know, I mean, you know, I've been been working on it. Um, <laughs> never okay. mind. And this is me after doing the first move in the WAP dance. Okay, you ready? And I did that uh-huh. one move, and I went. Ah! <laughs> okay, is that is that the um, fascinating story? No. Next hour, we'll talk about we'll talk ah! about the, the where this came from. Ah! And it's there's it's actually, and you think I'm kidding about this? When I give you the name, there's actually a Wikipedia page about this. And I'm not kidding. Ah! As a matter of fact, there's a bunch of YouTube videos uh, about this, and there's uh, um, uh, it's 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 an interesting story in the movie industry. Okay. You don't believe what me? Is it? Well, we'll talk about it. But you don't you don't believe oh, next me? Next hour. Yeah, you don't believe me. You think okay. I'm you think I'm FOS on this, right? 
<laughs> I had to figure out what that was. I'm like, Foss? <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's the way you look at it. Uh, I, by, by the way, you know, I talk about this all the time. You know, Shelly gets mad whenever I say this. I have a worthless college degree. I have two of them, okay? I get, it makes me livid. Worthless, okay? Journalism. Nobody practices journalism anymore. The number one, number two, and number three stories on CNN this morning are all analysis. At least they, they, they have a little block that says they're analysis, and it's like, okay, I go to CNN. Remember, I'm of that age that I can still remember when we had Gulf War One, and CNN was still sort of a new thing, and I remember going places and people, I mean, in fact, when I was working out at the gym way back when, I'd work out every day at the gym, they had TV sets in the one, in the one, um, I don't know what they called the, the, you know, back in the day, it, it, now it's Pilates and things like that. What would have been back then? I mean, what'd they call it? Dancer size or uh, whatever it was. Okay. Jazzer size. Jazzer size. Okay. Well, they had TV monitors in there and everybody crowded into the, the studio to watch CNN and watch us attack, uh, you know, uh, Iraq and go after Saddam saying the whole bit okay and cnn was like oh my god cnn they're the best they got reporters on the ground they had uh, you know what's his name who got to the point where he came after me on facebook and then he ultimately he he blocked me uh, charles jaco you know you know a wacko jacko as they call him now um you know and and you know you know ted turner was proud of that network and boy they were they had journalists all over the world and they were kicking everybody they were you know associated press upi you know i mean all the you know the abc nbc cbs they were all like you know distant seconds and thirds and fourths and fifths the cnn and now it's like all they do is it's like the anti-Trump network, you know, and it's like and every it really is. I mean, you read. I mean, once again, the first three stories on CNN this morning on their website, it's analysis, analysis, analysis. And one's talking about how he's so stupid and he's so dumb and he's doing stupid stuff and he's, you know, blah, 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 blah. OK, whatever. You know, it's to the point where like my eyes glaze over and I go like, look, you know what? I go to your site to try to find out the news. I don't want to, you know, read an opinion of S.E. Cup or Brian Stelter or, you know, whatever. You know, Brian Stelter, who wrote a book about how biased uh, Fox News is. Okay, right. That would be like, like, that would be like me writing a book about how bad, uh, um, you know, pick a radio station. You know, I mean, one of our competitors. That's, you know, oh, that radio station, they're terrible. I'm going to write a book about it. Okay, of course I'm going to write a book about it because I'm their competitor and I'm going to diss them and I'm going to tell everybody we're great and they suck. You know, I mean, like, okay, I get it. Like, yeah, a real, a real unbiased source. He, you know, he works for one network and he's writing a book about another network. You know, okay, that'd be like, once again, it would be like me owning McDonald's and writing a book about, well, Burger King's bad. You know, they... They chop up, you know, they chop up cats for their hamburgers, you know. And, really? Ew. Well, but, you know, Thank once, you for that audio. But once again, I'm going to say bad things about my competition, right? If I'm, you know. You never say bad things about your competition, no, though, but, ever. No, but not nah, the way the news thing's gotten, you know. I mean. Oh, and, okay. And and to the point where, here, like, here's a perfect example. And I should have, I, I, the other day, and we'll get past this, but I just got to get this off my chest. The other day, I read a report. I read a and, and, and once again, this was on CNN. I'm not just dissing CNN, but this is like, this is one of the things. And it was, it was a story about what happened in Kenosha. And on the bottom of the story, it said it gave the three reporters 
and it said, you know, you know, I can't remember the names. Joe Smith reported on this story from Los Angeles. Jill, Jill Jones reported on this story from Chicago. And Jim Smith reported on this story from Miami. I'm going like, now hold on. They're writing a story about the riots in Kenosha, and they're not in Kenosha? I mean, isn't that like the job of a reporter to like be on the ground and, you know, talking to people and, you know, sticking microphones in front of people and asking questions and, you know, asking for, you know, talking to the police and going like that. Instead, they're sitting probably in their house, you know, in their bedroom, you know, doing news. I'm going, okay. It's just like they have, they have like, they have like this reporter on on Fox News. He's this British guy. He's got this heavy British accent. And anytime anything happens on the other side of the Atlantic, they go to him. Now here's our here's our foreign correspondent, you know, you know Ricardo Montalban or whatever his name is, and he gets on there. Corinthine <laughs> letter. And he and, and in Dubai this morning, and then he comes at the end of report. And I I'm I'm you know British citizen reporting from from London. Okay, so you're in your bedroom at your house or your apartment yeah, in, in you're in London. your closet right, your right. dogs are outside and you're telling your me kids what's, are locked right. in their bedroom right you're telling me what's going on in dubai yeah that's really boots on the ground reporting okay i'm done 701 okay shelly better yes are you ready okay here's the story of this ah! okay <laughs> once upon a time my boss ted smith known as E.A.W. Smith, who was a pilot for the Royal Air Force. He was born in England, and he was a pilot for the Royal Air Force. And once again, if you know your history, the Brits were in World War II long before we were, like two years before we were, because that's when Germany was trying to invade uh, London and England. And there's the, what they call the Battle of Britain, which is where uh, the English uh, fighter pilots essentially resisted the uh, the attack of uh, the, it was the air attack of the Germans on the um, um, on the mainland coming across the English Channel into England, you know, and you know the Germans had already pretty much occupied all of uh, Europe, including France, and they were going for England. And the Battle of Britain was going on, and there was a uh, you know young fighter pilot E. A. W. Smith, my boss, uh, who was my first time full full time boss, and he hired me, and he gave me the title of Director of Sound Design. Now. Back in the day, nobody that knew. That was a big deal. Well, nobody knew what that meant. And he had a philosophy that everybody had to have a title, and he had to have an impressive title. If you were like the janitor, you were... You St. Know, Louis is like that. Well, it, th- this was him. This was just his thing. So I was director oh, okay. of sound design. Okay. Thing. So for years and years and years, I would tell people, and I still I think I have an old business card from back then. It shows my name, director of sound design. Then it got to the point where this got to be an actual position in especially the movie industry. And if you look at the credits on movies that have been made within the last 15, 20 years, you'll normally see somebody on there who is, it says, director of sound design. And they're, you know, you see like director of photography. Everybody understands what they do. They're the guys that, you know, are in charge of, you know, all the shots and, you know, the camera angles. And they may not be the actual camera operator, but they're the ones, okay, move the camera over here. And they're working with the director. And then the sound designer, director of sound design, is the guy who puts together all the sound. Most movies... They have what they call ADR, which is after they get done with the movie. Sometimes there's there's things where you know the microphones didn't quite pick up the dialogue right, and this and the people will go back into the studio. They also have what they call foley. You know what foley is? I do not. Foley is if you have like a scene where there's people running down an alley 
and they in, and they don't get the sound uh, you know very well. Sometimes they don't even mic it. They just you know shoot the the you know the the visual, and then they go back in and they do it in what they call post production. And foley is where people will literally be in a room like a big studio, and they'll have all sorts of different surfaces on the floor, and they'll literally have a couple people running. And they and they run they 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 you know they show the movie in the film in this room in the foley room and then these people run in step with the movie footage and then they record the sound okay and then they have additional effects. There was a movie that came out in 1951 um, and I can't remember the name of the movie and it was some kind of a western movie and in one scene there's these guy and this gal who are trying to get away they're the you know hero and the heroine of this movie they're trying to get away and they end up in this river and they're trying to cross this river and a guy who's chasing them with a gun with a rifle is after them and just as he starts to shoot them as they're you know going across this river an alligator grabs the guy by the legs and the guy goes now, he didn't actually do that. That was actually done in a studio, okay? So about a year later, this same guy who worked on another film had another film where he had a scene where another Western where a guy on a horse is there. It's like there's like a cowboy and Indian movie, and he's on a horse, and an Indian shoots an arrow, and it gets him in the leg, and he goes, <coughs> okay, now in that scene, the guy on the horse is named Wilhelm. Okay, so this the right here, this 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 sound, which was actually done in a studio, wasn't actually done on the set. It's been called the Wilhelm scream. Okay, and you actually have that on one of our intros, don't we? Well, on 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 movie buffs, and then here's what's what's interesting. George Lucas comes along. Oh, really? And, and the guy who is his sound designer for the first series of Star Wars movies until they sold out to Disney, they loved the Wilhelm scream. So in every single Star Wars movie up until they sold out to Disney, at some point in the movie, when somebody gets zapped by a laser or, or you know... Or, or, or Chewbacca. Or, yeah, or something like that. When If they're falling or something like that, you will hear... <laughs> The Wilhelm scream, and it's in every single Star Wars movie. That exact same thing. And oh, it, that's funny. The interesting thing is, you can go, and not only is it in the Star Wars movie, you can go on. I think if you go on YouTube and you just type in Wilhelm scream, there's these guys that have spliced together segments from movies, and I think one of them has like 144 different scenes in it where all these crazy different movies where somebody's fallen off a, you know, a building or somebody gets, you know, hit by a car or somebody gets, you know, uh, you know, their head chopped off or whatever the deal is, and you hear the Wilhelm scream. <laughs> and this is actually Hollywood lore. And to this day, because of the fact it was recorded way back when and nobody put a copyright on it, there's people that have this. And it's funny, I've, I've heard it in a couple of videos, you know, like guys going like, you know, and to the point where they went and they added this in after they cut the video. And it's gotten to be like this incredible inside joke that, you know, that this, this now, I get 50 once, that would be what? 60, coming up on 70 years uh, ago, you know, 51, yeah, 69 years ago. And this started out with some guy in a studio. And what's interesting is one of the videos online actually has the actual studio recording of them doing this. And they, they don't know who the, who the actor is. It's some actor. And he's in the sound studio. 
and they have and the director's going like, okay, try that again. And the guy does like 20 different screams, you know, and then he does this one, you know, and the director says, that's it. <laughs> so, and that became what, and, and, you know, once again, what was weird is that they, the, the, the first movie was in, they never identified the actor who got chomped on by the alligator and, you know, ultimately did the scream. It wasn't actually him. They just put in the movie. So they didn't, they, they didn't call it yet. But the second movie, when the guy gets shot by an arrow in the, in the thigh, you know, he's identified in the movie as Wilhelm. So that's what they call it, the Wilhelm scream. Aren't you glad you have this show to, to give you information like that? Every day, a golden <laughs> nugget. Every single day. But don't you have the Wilhelm scream in one of our intros? No, not that one. I've got another. Yes, you do on KSLQ. No, I've got it. I've got it in another one. It's not. It's not the Wilhelm scream. It's somebody else. It might even be me. You know, I mean, it might even be me. (laughs) No, seriously. As you sit there and you pull on your hands, Wyman hair, and you pull it off. (laughs) Okay. And it comes unsnapped. (laughs) Okay, I will tell you one that went on for about four or five years right here in St. Louis. Okay, and this Uh involves a guy that I know. That was good friends with my brother. It involves my brother, and this thing sort of went out of control. There was this radio commercial, and this is probably I don't know, forty years ago. There was this radio commercial that um, had this guy, and the radio commercial was like one of these, you know, testimonial. Like we asked, you know, we asked so and so customer, uh, you know, uh, and and I won't say the name, you know, I'll just say Joe Blow. And you know, uh, uh, you know what, you know what he thought about the new, you know, like, and then he was like, "Well, it's the best thing I've ever had." Okay, so this is a commercial where they they say we ask Chuck Gizzy, that's the name they gave, and he gives this goofy laugh. Well, once again, we're not exactly sure who did it, but somebody here in St. Louis took this commercial and they pulled out the 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 laugh from this guy, and we all started calling it the Gizzy. And we would would we had it all and it got to the point where it got to be there were probably twenty or thirty people in St. Louis that had this same recording. It got you know I mean now you know you 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 put it online and it would get it would get shared in like you know five minutes everybody would have it they'd download it you know it'd be on YouTube or so oh, I'm gonna have you know you know and boom you're gonna download it. Well back in the day you literally people were taking reel to reel tapes and you'd give you know we had these little five inch reels of tape you'd record it and we were like giving it to other people and people were taking this and they were putting it on a cart in the old days we had these things that stuck in machines and you'd put it in there and you hit the button and it would play that and we had the gizzy so and it was like this it was like this weird laugh so they would, he would be driving along listening to a radio station and the guy on the air would be dropping and we'd we'd be called we'd be called we called it being gizzied you know there would be a chuck gizzy in the middle of a song just like every once in a while i'll play a song and you've heard me do this yes, and i'll do and i'll play super lonely. Oh, man or, or i'll play super lonely okay so this went on for like four or five years where the legend of Chuck Gizzy where and it was even sometimes we'd record it and we'd put it in commercials you know and like you know and like it would be a, a, a point where you know there was a line in a commercial was sort of funny you'd drop in a Gizzy so have you dropped in a Gizzy no I don't know what happened to Chuck Gizzy I don't know whatever happened to that oh. but it was one of those things where it was for a while it was like it was like the thing you know so everybody had so so when you go now the, the interesting thing about it is is that once you've heard this once you've heard the scream ah! 
you, you can pick it up in the movies. And the interesting thing is you go on YouTube and you watch these videos and you remember some of these scenes. Like the one that I can't remember which Star Wars movie in where where uh, Luke is like they're in like some the Death Star or something like that. And the stormtroopers are attacking and he shoots his laser or whatever he is, the, the thing he uses. Um, and and there's like, a, you know, he's on one floor of the of the of the, the you know, the uh, uh, Death Star. And there's like these stormtroopers who are a couple floors above him. But there's like a big chasm in between it you know like some part of the the you know the death star and luke shoots the one skywalker or the one uh, uh, you know uh, stormtrooper and he falls off of this ledge and as he's falling he goes ah! <laughs> it's like that's that's the wilhelm scream you know and like i said it's an inside joke and what's interesting is there's all sorts of crazy little inside jokes in the movie industry about you know things that are in the background of movies you know that if you you know read these little there's sto- always a subculture yes and they do this on purpose because they're going uh-huh. you know they're going oh look at that oh look at that and we used to have this thing once again we had this thing called the donhead ever tell you the donhead story is that like a bobblehead we had donhead who was our chief engineer and <laughs> I, I, you know, it's funny because you and you and I met his son out of one of the. Uh, I don't know if you remember that or not. He came up to us at one of the uh, small business monthly. Yes, yes, yes I remember okay. that. Well, Don was, you know, we rebuilt the studios in the old KSOQ in Clayton at one eleven South Beamiston, which is gone, which is now the county jail, and we re- rebuilt the studios. And Don was never there. It was myself, Jeff Andrew, the assistant chief engineer, and a couple other guys, and we rebuilt all the studios. And we worked days and we worked nights to rebuild all these studios and do all the wiring and the whole bit. And when they got done, they really looked nice. So there was this big, at the time, this big publication in the radio business called Broadcast Engineering, and they heard about our new studios, and they sent a reporter and a photographer to take pictures of the studios. So, of course, we weren't in the studios, you know, I mean, we weren't in the pictures because we were just like the peons who built the studios, but our chief engineer, Don, was in the pictures. So there were all these pictures of Don in the studios. So everybody got mad about the fact that we did all the work, and Don got all the credit. So one day, when the magazine came out, there was this picture of Don in the studio and he had his head cocked at an interesting angle and he had this goofy look on his face. So somebody took that and put it on the copier and they made a copy of it and they cut out his head. So we started sticking these heads everywhere. You'd go into the bathroom, you'd close the stall, and there was a Don head looking at you. You'd look up at, you know, you're in this, you know, you'd look up at the at the, the ceiling, and there was a Don head stuck on the ceiling. You know, you'd walk down the hall, and and, and, what, and what started happening was people were making these in various sizes. You know, once again, this is way oh, back in the so day. that's so hilarious. They, oh, back in the day, because we were using the copier to, you know, to, to shrink or, or, you know, I mean, like you could, you know, you know, like you'd zoom in on the copier, you know. Plus 120%, whatever, stuff like that. And there were all these different sizes of Don heads. And then it got to the point where we had T-shirts made up with Don heads. (laughs) And we all... Taking it one step further. And the crazy thing about it was Don still worked there and he never got it. He never realized (laughs) that that was him. You know, I mean, he'd see these everywhere and he didn't, he couldn't put two and two together that... That was his head. It was everywhere, and and once again, it it's was, everywhere. It's everywhere. It, and it, that was the running joke. I mean, like like you know, you do things like you know, like like uh, uh, if you gave somebody like a file folder, if you like, you had like you know some some you know. 
paper in a file folder, you'd stick a Don head on the inside of the file folder and somebody'd open up the file folder and there's Don. And it was one of those looks where it was like the Mona Lisa look, no matter what angle, it always looked like he was looking at you. You know what I mean? You know, like that's what they say about the Mona Lisa. If you get to the side, you know, up, down, no matter which direction you're at. My grandma had the Mona Lisa in her dining room and she lived in a, a um shotgun house you know if you sh- if you pointed a shotgun in the front window it'd go all the way to the kitchen in the back right so um she lived in a shotgun house and every time i was at my grandma's house i actually a couple of years ago i actually went down there it was on russell 2303 russell and i went down there and i took a picture of it because it was haunted and i took a picture of it and it looked very ominous the- but it was it was very well maintained actually the house or the more anyway so when i was a little girl i would sit there and um i would like peek i'd be in the kitchen and i would peek and then i would run across real fast you know and not look back until i got to the other room because she follows you. Yeah, Mona Lisa has that look where no matter where you're at, she she's, does. she's looking at you. You know, so that was the Don head look. No matter where you were, Don was looking at you. And 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 now here's the, here's the funny part of it. And you met him. Unfortunately, passed away a few years back. It got to the point where even our general manager Ron Grubbs, who you met, uh, you know, uh, you thought thought this was funny. So Ron is going to quit the radio station and Ron decides he's going to, you know, move on to better pastures. So we have a going away party for him at one of the people's houses. And unbeknownst to him, we had found a picture of him and we cut out the Ron head, not the Don head, the Ron head. And we all, and we had t-shirts made yellow t-shirts that had Ron Grubb's head on it. And above it, it said Ron head. And at one point in the party, everybody snuck into the house and we all put on our Ron head shirts, and we came out, and Ron about had to change his underwear. He laughed so hard, you know, Aww. I mean, because he, instead of Don head, it was Ron head. Ron head. Yeah, and then for a while, <laughs> then Ron heads would appear all over the station. No matter where you go, there were Ron heads. And to the point Oh, that is so funny. You'd get on the elevator, and the doors would close, and there's a Ron head, you know. <laughs> you, 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 some, and they got outside the station, too. There was a, there was a what was it, a, a Rax or an Arby's roast beef or something like that. And some of the guys would go down there, and they would tape the Ron heads onto the salt shakers, you know, so that if you picked up a salt shaker, <laughs> it, had, it had either a Ron head or a Don head on it. And they got to the point where they went all over Clayton, you know. I mean, to the point where you, they were on the stop signs in Clayton. There was one on the stop sign or Carondelet and Bemiston, you know. And some of them were big. You know, most of the Don heads were probably about, you know, inch and a half, two inches. But then they'd blow them up on the, on the copier, and some of them would be like four, five, six inches. And there were some of them on parking meters in Clayton and the whole bit. It just got to the point where it's like, it was funny because, because it was funny. Well, but it I was, wish, I wish I could have been involved back but then. Once again, it was like an inside joke because if you didn't know who Don was, it didn't make any sense, you know, because like, okay, why is there a, a guy's head stuck to the parking meter? You know, why is there a guy's head on the stop sign? You know, and then once you knew it was Don and once again, Don never caught on, at least he didn't, you know, never said anything about it. And we're, and that was like the part of the funny joke that like, you know, he would just walk right by these pictures of him all over the radio station. And he didn't like, you know, it's like he didn't see it and was sort of sad because there are reasons for that. But we won't go into that. But this is why I find things like this funny, because it's like the inside joke. So now when you hear this one in a movie, ah! you will know 
the story of the Wilhelm scream. How's that the for The Wilhelm scream. <laughs> That's pretty good. That was an excellent story. How's Thank that you. For, well, Tell us a story, Brad. <laughs> Brad, the story. Well, you know, once you again. You are a storyteller. You know, That's and, what you do. And the interesting thing about it is George Lucas thought this was funny. You know, and and he encouraged people to do this. And supposedly there's other weird stuff. If you look really close, you know, every once in a while you'll see a website. Did you see this in the back of this of this scene? And there's like a circle that shows like, you know, there's there's one. There's a movie where where it's like set in Western scenes and they're inside like a house. And if you look, if you look through the window, there's a guy like with a Dodgers baseball hat on, you know, and supposedly this scene set in like the 1800s, something like that. All sorts of weird stuff like that. But it's, you know, subtle little things. I guess when you're, you know, making movies and you're spending, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars a day for the studio, you know, you got to do some goofy stuff, right? You got to, you Absolutely. know, you got to waste That's some money. That's why we do goofy stuff. Yeah, but we're not getting hundred thousand dollars a day. That <laughs> I would, know. This but would be, still, it's the you, know, you know, think about it. This is fun, but wouldn't this be so much more fun if we were making like a hundred thousand dollars a day? It would. Yeah. Seven. I'd settle, I'd settle for a couple, couple thousand a day. I'd settle for a Wendy's $4 4-for-4 uh, meal for lunch, seven twenty-eight. Westplex 1071. We're the new station for the Westplex. You know, O'Fallon, St. Charles, St. Peter's, Wentzville, Lake St. Louis. Westplex 107.1. Halsey, good morning to you. BS in the morning, 736. I'm Shelly. She is Brad. It is a Thursday morning. Foggy out there. Complete forecast is coming up in just a few minutes. Shelly. Brad. Do you know who David Blaine is? I do not. Um, he's an illusionist, sort of like, you know, like one of these, uh, who's the, certain, like, somewhat like a David Copperfield kind of guy. And I don't know if you saw this or not yesterday, um, and uh, it's, it's pretty interesting, although it's sort of crazy. Um, he did something yesterday that uh, he wanted to float over the Grand Canyon in Arizona, tethered to helium balloons. I can see that happening. <laughs> okay, so he takes off from an airport near the Grand Canyon, and he's got 50 helium balloons. Now, here's the thing. And because, like, it's like, you know, and and, and if you watch the video, it's online now. They, they streamed it live on, on um, YouTube. And now you can watch the actual video. It runs, like, two hours and 50 minutes, something like that. It's a pretty long video. But he, Those balloons lasted two-something hours? Well, here's the amazing thing. He got to the point where, if you imagine these big old helium balloons, I think there were 50 of them, all sorts of different colors, and instead of having like a gondola or something like he sits in, he essentially, now it's a little bit of an illusion because it looks like he's holding on to the helium balloon. So if you can imagine, he's got his arm up in the air and he's got, it looks like he's holding on to, you know, all the different cords from the, you know, the strings from the helium balloons, but he's actually got a um, harness on underneath and there's actually a, uh, you know, wire that's holding him up. Get what I'm saying? I do. Okay. So he's like, it looks like he's, you know, holding on to the strings, but he's actually, you know, any, in other words, if he'd let go of the strings, he wouldn't fall because he's got a harness on and there's a steel cable, small cable that's running between the balloons and his harness, which is underneath the jacket. He's got like black clothes on, you know, black pants and the whole bit at, and depending upon what, what source you you read um, he got up to 24,000 feet wow that's that's a lot well 4.7 miles and what part of the 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 illusion was that he had a parachute but the parachute was up in the balloons 
And at one point in time, when he got ready to, you know, uh, jump, he had to use this this rope and he had to pull the parachute down from the balloons down to him. And then he had to put the parachute on with him, you know, still strapped into this harness, you know, hanging from these balloons. And he had a little bit of trouble doing it. And what's interesting is they had cameras on the whole bid. And then he gets the parachute on and then he hits the button and the steel cable releases and he free falls and he he ultimately lands parachute and he does one of these perfect landings where um you know he actually lands and he actually runs you know what i mean like you see these guys they don't just yes. come straight down and they sort of come in at an angle you know almost like a plane they're coming in like an approach and he flares at the last minute you know uh, runs and never loses his footing and just stops and i did that when i when i jumped out of an airplane did you really I did. You actually, you actually ran. Yes. But you were tethered to the guy, weren't you? Didn't you do a tandem? Yes. You weren't by yourself. You had a guy that was strapped to you, right? No. Yeah. I actually did it with uh, Sarah Highfield, Chris Highfield's wife. She, you two, you two were strapped together. No, no, we were in the same plane. Oh, okay. Where'd you do this out at? at, at, Out at? uh, um, Well, they're no longer there. (laughs) Where was this? It was out off uh, 55. Okay, because a lot of the, the, the skydiving goes on at that airport out there in, uh, where is that, um, Sullivan? Um, at least they used to. There's a bunch of skydivers out there. Anyway. It was not in Sullivan. It was out 55. If you watch this thing, and it's called it's called Ascension. So if you want to go on, on, online. Well, that's a good name. Yeah. David Blaine, B-L-A-I-N-E. Uh, and it says, David Blaine successfully flies over the Arizona desert holding on to helium balloons. And uh, David Blaine just managed to do what so many people dream of, flying up in the air using a bunch of balloons. The illusionist floated over the Arizona desert on Wednesday by holding on to about 50 helium balloons. Latest stunt titled Ascension is his most ambitious yet. And he says, every single stunt that I've done uh, is about endurance and pushing past what I thought would be possible. Blaine said in a video before the performance, I can't imagine that many people would dream of it. He began, it began his ascent on Wednesday morning, and the performance took about an hour and a half off uh, uh, from liftoff to landing. The event was live streamed on YouTube. Wow. And the interesting thing was, I'm going, I'm, you know, I'm reading this, and I'm thinking to myself, now hold on a minute now. If he's at like... If he's going to go to 18,000 feet, and he's ultimately going to go to 24, and he ultimately went to almost 25,000 feet, I mean, there's not much oxygen up there. And they had an oxygen tank that was built into his, his I, I don't know where it was. You didn't see it, but at one point in time. And he's, he's, they live-streamed this thing, and they had shots from a helicopter. And the interesting part of it was that they couldn't, they were going to actually have him parachute from like 17,000 feet. Um, and he wasn't ready yet, and he kept going up, and the helicopter couldn't go any higher because the ceiling of most, the service ceiling of most helicopters, I mean, quite honestly, 17,000 feet for a helicopter, that's pretty darn far up. There aren't too many helicopters that can go above 10,000 feet. I mean, you know, once you get up into that air, it's so thin, um, you know, that there's not enough, uh, you know, air to, uh, you know, support, uh, you know, the rotor system. That's why you can't usually go that high. But helicopter went up to about 17,000 feet, and then from that point on, they had uh, ground shots with like super, super, super telephoto lenses to it. And then that's what they did when he came down. So, I mean, you know, can you imagine that? I've done some goofy things in my life. I've never skydived. Did that scare you at all? It. What upset me the most is neither one of my GoPros worked. They. We had two GoPros. The, 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 the gentleman that was I was tandem with, he had a GoPro, and then I had a GoPro, and neither one of them worked. Really? So I actually didn't get 
anything. But, I got no pictures. I got nothing how high from when you, I jumped out of the plane. How high did you jump from? I don't know the answer to that question, but I paid the extra to go up another couple thousand feet. So you were probably what? Five, six, seven thousand feet? Or you don't have any, you don't have any idea? I don't. I was just um, in the moment. When, and I figure <laughs> this is my thought process. I'm with Sarah Highfill. She's got, you know, her husband's boss is, you know, close. You know, he's the man. Right. And so there's nothing that's going to happen to me because I'm with Sarah Highfill. At least you hope. Oh, hold, hold, hold. Phone's ringing. Hold on. Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Will you, will you email it right over to me? Okay, thanks. What are you doing? Oh, uh, that was Chris Heifel. He said that, <laughs> that, that the, the GoPro, the video didn't work, but the audio didn't work. And he sent me the audio of you jumping out of the plane. I already know what you're going to do. <laughs> I knew it. So it's the Shelly scream. It's Shelly jumping out of the airplane with the, with the parachute. Uh, all I could say was, oh, my God. Because oh it was just so surreal and it was so beautiful. And, I mean, it was just almost like you were suspended in time. See, you and It I, wasn't like you were falling really fast. It was just like you were suspended in time and you could just sit there and it was it was it was awesome. Well, I would do it again. I, well, next break, I'll talk to you about my similar experience, which was probably not nearly as cool as yours. But but it's one of those things where where it was like probably one of the moments in my life I will never forget. And it was one of those things was like everything just came together and it was so beautiful. Okay, anyway, 745. Westplex, Westplex 1071. That's what I just said. Westplex 107.1. It is BS in the morning. I'm Shelly. She is Brad. Together we are BS in the morning. And you know what, Shelly? Long time ago in a galaxy far, far away when I was still a single dude, I had, I had this gal that I was really, 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 you know, I mean, I was stuck on her. You know what I'm saying? I do. And I remember one day I decided, you know what? You know, we'd gone out a few times and, and I tried to, why is that still playing? I don't know why that is. Hold on a minute. Da, 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 da. Hold on a minute. Let me do something here. Do that. Okay. So I go up to her one day and I say, you know, I've had a lot of fun with you. We've gone out a few times. Would you be my girlfriend? And she looked at me and she said. Ah! <laughs> For some reason, I knew that it was going to be something like that. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, every time I'm I surprised you didn't say, how dare you? <laughs> All right. And she looked at me. How dare she, you? She, she was this, she was this dainty little thing. And she's probably maybe five foot tall when she had heels on. And she looked me right in the eye. And after I said, would you be my girlfriend? And she said, come on, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. If you blow in my ear. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or now, blow up my nose, whatever you said. Yeah, that's what she said. She looked at me in that dainty voice of hers. And she, and she said to me, bend down and whisper in my ear. <laughs> <laughs> and then I said, well, come on, give me a yes or no. You'll be my girlfriend. And she said, they'd actually breathe in my nostrils to make me move, to okay. get, get me moving. Oh, yeah, that's what she said. I still remember that like it happened yesterday. <laughs> well, you know, Brad, that the, um, ap that the ratio is absence of a yes times time equals no. So in other words, no answer is no. Yes. Okay. 
So Shelly's given us all these formulas today. Is that like E equals MC squared or something like that? Or, or Kind of or like that. Equals, I'm going with that on this email I'm writing. E equals E times R, you know, if you're doing your Ohm's Law kind of deal, stuff like that. P equals W over whatever it is. I don't know. I can't, can't remember my Ohm's Law stuff. Anyway. It's uh, pi. Pi. Uh, I have a guest coming up in the next hour, uh, Alex Palmieri. Um, who is the legit streetcar guy? And once again, don't turn the radio off because this is a, 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 a you know a story about a guy who fixes up cars in his garage in Chicago. Uh, to me, the real story is this guy's making some serious money doing YouTube videos. So anyway, that's coming up. That'll be in about uh, ten minutes from now. It is seven fifty nine. Westplex one hundred seven point one. It is BS in the morning. I am Shelly. She is Brad. Eight oh seven. And uh, Shelly, uh, you fogged in this morning. Um, have you tried to go outside? All the fog and everything. I've been outside. Yeah, it's beautiful. I love it. You I love, love it. It's a foghorn leghorn kind of day. <laughs> I said that to someone, and they were like, what does that mean? I'm like, you don't know who foghorn leghorn yeah, is? Yeah, well, you know, that's, you're dating yourself when you mention things like that. It's like, I don't care. He's, 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 a, he's a classic. He's a, he's a USA classic. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, I have on the phone with me uh, Alex Palmieri. Alex, good morning. How you doing? Good morning. How are you? Doing fine. Now, uh, I have uh, been fascinated by the fact uh, that there are a lot of people making money off of doing things on the Internet. And I came across your YouTube channel called Legit Street Cars. Uh, what? I don't know. I think probably pretty pretty early on. How long have you been doing this now? Uh, about three years. Um, probably two and a half. Uh, you know, full not full time, but consistently putting out content on a normal schedule. Now, first off, you're in Chicago. Yes. And a little background. Obviously, you're a car freak, and I think I saw from a couple of your videos at one point in time, you were a mechanic at a Mercedes-Benz dealership. Yes, I spent 10 years as a master tech at Mercedes-Benz of Chicago. No kidding. Okay. And yeah. and so when you were still working at the dealership, did you start doing the videos? No, no. I left in 2012, so before, so YouTube was still, well, at that point it was pretty established, but earlier on now. I hadn't started. I didn't start doing videos till 2016. So pretty late in the game, actually, compared to a lot of other YouTubers. Okay, now here's here's the interesting thing. You have a garage at your house. Looks like a very nice garage. Uh, is that like on the back of your house, or where is that garage at? Yeah, it's it's in the back of the house. So when we bought the house, there was a hundred year old wooden barn looking garage that was literally falling down. So. Actually, part of a big reason I bought the house was because of that. I knew I could knock it down and do whatever I wanted. So you 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 built a new essentially new garage area uh, from scratch. It's a two car garage, but it looks like it's deep and it looks like it's got a high ceiling, right? Yes, yes, we did a twelve foot uh, to the ceiling so I could put a lift in there, which was one of the best investments I've ever made. Yeah, no kidding. All of us who have climbed underneath cars most of our life, we would always we always are jealous of guys <laughs> that have lifts in their garage. So you started doing videos. Um, and putting them on YouTube. And uh, when you first started doing this, like, how many views would you get on one of your videos? Oh, nothing. Maybe less than 100, and then it just kind of started trickling in a little bit. A couple hundred here, I'd be excited. Um, what really kind of kicked it off was I reviewed a 400,000-mile E55 AMG, so a fast Mercedes sedan. And, man and people were interested in it. Well, matter of fact, I'm looking at that exact video, and as of today, it has 1.7 million views. So you, yeah, you, yeah, yeah, that one kind of introduced 
everybody to the channel, basically. Now, what you do is, and I think this is sort of interesting, you buy cars. In this case, this is a car that, what, somebody you knew that they owned this car and that and that you essentially, uh, you know, worked on it for them, isn't the case on this car? I'm sorry, Brad, you broke up there for a minute. I, I, I said on, again? on this particular video, the one you're doing, the, the, the Mercedes E55, this was somebody that you knew that this car had a lot of miles on it. They wanted you to take a look at it to see what it needed to be repaired. Yeah, you know, it, it was at a dealership, and some, some people that had seen the channel were like, hey, you live in this area, check out this. This has got to be the highest mileage car of its kind in the country. So I called the dealership up, and I'm like, hey, do you mind if I review this? I'll give you some publicity. And they're like, sure. And, uh, yeah, I just reviewed that car. I had no idea what I was doing. I had some really loud, awkward music in the background that people hated. And, uh, and yeah, then once I kind of I, I told everybody my background of being a Mercedes tech, I think that gave me a little bit of cred in the YouTube world. And people started following mostly for the Mercedes content uh, in the beginning, which was never my intention. I'm, I actually am kind of more of an American muscle car type of guy. And, uh, but I had that experience, so people figured they could actually learn something. So when did you realize, hey, I could do this full-time? Oh, man, I, I would say about a year in, I, I started to realize, you know, some sponsors started to reach out. Um, I, it, I still really wasn't making any money because the, the little amount that YouTube pays wasn't enough to make up for the cars I had to buy and all the modifications I had to do to make content. Um, so it was probably about a year later, I started getting some sponsorships like, Hey, we'll, we'll pay for these parts for you. You know, if you mention our names, I'm like, wait a minute, I could actually make this like financially work if sponsors are going to help me out with the guild. So yeah, it took me a little over a year to figure out that was possible. Okay. So three years plus into it is this is obviously a full-time job for you now. It is, but I actually am one of the few that has a quote-unquote normal day job, which I actually work in the evening. So uh, I start my normal job at 3.30 in the afternoon, and I get off at 11.30 at night. So what I do is I get up super early, probably three or four mornings out of the week, and uh, I start filming. No I kidding. do my YouTube stuff, I edit. Um, and yeah, so I put in a, a, probably 40 hours a week just to, pr- just to put out one video every Saturday morning. No kidding? 40 hours a yeah. week? Yeah, I'm telling you, it takes, you know, some guys can pump out a video every day or two. A lot of those guys are doing more like vlogs where they're just sticking a camera in front of, you know, in front of their face and just kind of talking about going through their day. And it's a little bit easier to produce. But with mine, I'm getting a little bit more in-depth with the cars. A lot of times I'm in the garage doing, you know, doing work, and it just takes a long time. So your your daytime gig is is YouTube, and your nighttime gig do I do I even ask what you do? Like from what you say, three to eleven thirty? Is that? Yeah, you know, I'm a shop foreman at a big, huge fleet garage. Oh, no and, kidding. Uh, yeah, so we I, it's a big government fleet of thousands and thousands of cars, and I have about ten mechanics that that work with me and I'm the foreman and we fix cars all night. So I'm constantly surrounded by cars. So here's my dumb question. If you decide you didn't want to work the, uh, the night job and you didn't want to be the, the uh, foreman, could you make a living just doing the YouTube stuff? Yes. Yes, I could. But here's, here's something to consider though. Yes. Right now, immediately I would, I would be okay. But what is the future hold? That's why I haven't taken the plunge yet. You know, and not that I'm an old person, but it, you know, some of these automotive YouTubers, it's, they're kind of younger. And I don't know, do I have 20 years or 25 years in front, in front of a camera on YouTube? Like, 
I don't know. I, I, you know, so that's a little, it's a little nerve wracking. And then there's no, you know, there's no healthcare insurance. There's no pension or benefits or 401k. So it is 100% like your, it's your own business. Um, it's risky. So I have three kids under five. It's a little tough to take that plunge, but I would love to, I would absolutely love to just do YouTube and it's definitely, you know, it's something I think about. It's kind of kind of a dream, I guess, still at this point. Alex Palmieri is the guy I'm talking to. He's in Chicago. He uh, has the YouTube channel uh, Legit Streetcars. Now, question for you. You said you're not a young guy. Okay, I would say you're what, mid-30s? I'm 36, so I'm not saying I'm old. I'm, I'm looking to the future, though. <laughs> I was going to go like... So I don't know. if would, some, would people still watch the channel if I was, you know, 55 years old? I, I needed to, the career to last, so I'm a little worried. And then it is, it's difficult coming up with interesting videos all the time. So there's, there's always that, that worry that, am I going to be able to find interesting cars forever that people care about, you know, stuff like that, so... I don't know. I don't know. People tell me I'm crazy and that I should just do it. We'll see. <laughs> now, but you've branched out into some other things. Most of the time you're working on cars in your garage or you're going to auctions and things like that. You did the video with the guys that did the, the cannonball run, which I thought was sort of interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fortunate to have um, Arnie, who owns the current cannonball record holder. He, he's only about 45 minutes away. We've become pretty good friends now. And, uh, yeah, I actually have another video coming soon on the E63 that was wrecked by a semi-truck that was the old uh, record holder from well, about a year ago. And, I got and, the exclusive on, on the damage on that thing. And if you don't know what we're talking about, the Cannonball Run started way back, what, 70s? Was that the original one back? like? Yeah, something like that. It might have even been earlier than that. It's been around for a long time. And essentially, it's a run where you go from the East Coast to the West Coast, and uh, uh, you know, like the, the, the current thing is what? Is it like some garage in New York that you get a ticket? Isn't that what you do? Is you get a ticket in the parking garage? Something like that, yeah. You start in New York City, and you have to drive all the way to California, and yeah, it's timed. And these guys, their current record is like 25 hours and some change, um, which is just insane. I mean, the 22 minutes total for gas and bathroom breaks. <laughs> right. That's it. Otherwise, it's full bore. I think they averaged 112 miles an hour across the entire country. No tickets. Unbelievable. Now, the cars that you're buying, are you actually buying these cars that you're fixing up? Or is this kind of deal where like people are giving you cars? Hey, put this one in your video. No, no, I, for the most part, I buy, I mean, every single car I say I buy, I actually buy, and I insure, and I don't have any special insurance, so I currently have about, I think, actually, I have a car being delivered literally today, um, but I, I own 10 cars, they are all normally insured, no special deals. The only time I have a video, or a car in my video that's not mine, is when it's clearly stated, like when I reviewed Arnie's Cannonball car, obviously that's not mine. Um, but other than that, I would say the vast majority of my videos are with my own cars and, you know, buying them, the story behind them, fixing them, the trials and tribulations, you know, racing, dino stuff. So, yeah, they're all mine. I need to sell some, though. That's for sure. I got way too many. <laughs> <laughs> now, you're a married guy. You got kids. What's the wife say about this? She, well, she likes it. I mean, she, she fully understands that it's, it's a business. I mean, each car I buy, it's never like a drag. Like, you bought another car. It's okay. Well, it's, it's to me and to her, it's kind of like owning apartment buildings or just keeping inventory. It's like you have to have them. That's, you know, it's a, it's a real business. So when I buy a car, I, I mean, I, first and foremost, it has to be something that interests me. I don't want to go and buy something that I just think would get fused, which is why I haven't gone down the route of, 
you know, everybody's buying exotics and even older exotics. And so I, I really just don't have the interest. You know, I'd rather buy, uh, my, for example, my supercharged Suburban that was owned by an NFL player and has a custom limo interior. <laughs> it's a very weird car, but that's interesting to me. So I bought it. Now, and a couple of the cars you bought were for your wife, weren't they? For my wife, I bought I bought um, just one for my wife, uh, which was a 2015 Escalade that I bought at auction that had previous structural damage, and it was at the height of this whole pandemic and the value. No one was buying anything, and I I mean I stole this thing. It was, I'm staring at it right now. It's a fantastic deal, and yeah, I did surprise my wife. That thing went viral. It was trending on YouTube. Um, surprising my wife, but I set up a video camera in our living room, uh, and the first time she saw the video or saw the truck was in the reveal video. So I filmed the entire reveal video, talking about her and getting her the truck, and then we all sat in the living room. She turned. We always watch our YouTube the YouTube videos every Saturday morning with the kids. We flipped it on, and she's like, you know, the title is I I bought my wife, blah blah blah, and she's like, no way, <laughs> and I had a camera hidden behind some pictures on a shelf. And then uh, we released that footage in the next video, and people loved it. I mean, those 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 videos have well over a million views now. And and, and what's your average video? I've seen ones on there. What what's the highest one you've had as far as the number of views? Oh, I have I have a video in like the mid to low two million range, something like that. Um, I have you know I actually have quite a few you know that are well over a million. I but I would say, you know, obviously those are viral videos. But I would say a nice solid average for me is like a quarter million views just on my typical, you know, video of me keeping up with something. I'd say that's probably the average, but some of them catch fire, you know. And uh, oddly enough, a lot of the ones that have done really well are detail videos, and I'm not even a detailer, so that's kind of weird. Okay, so, and I know you're gonna, not going to talk specifics with me, but if you have a video that does a quarter of a million views, 250,000 views, and I know it's, it's an algorithm the way uh, YouTube pays, but is that the kind of thing where you'd make... 10 bucks or 100 bucks so or yeah so this this is a topic that people talk about all the time you can actually you know go you can youtube it and there's a million videos on how much youtubers make but it you know it is so difficult to figure out because it depends on how long people watch how many ads are in the video who the demographic is so for example the automotive uh generally the automotive youtubers make um about uh, about five dollars every one thousand views. Um, so you can think of it a little bit easier way to think about it is five hundred dollars every one hundred thousand views. Really? So that's kind of yeah. So that's kind of the easy math if you if for automotive. Now what's weird, what's crazy is the channels that talk just simply talk about investing money or starting like little Amazon businesses and stuff. They might make ten times that. It's it's insane. So. It just depends on who's watching, what kind of ads are running. Like in my videos, ads will run for auto parts stores and stuff, which is great, but that's not necessarily a big ticket item for someone to buy, you know, some oil or whatever. So it doesn't, it just simply doesn't pay as much. So on one, like with a million views, you'd be looking at what, $5,000 like, then? Yeah, it, yeah, those, they, they start to go down a little bit as the views get higher because usually those are new people that are only watching like a quarter of the video. So typically, uh, yeah, if your base watches uh, a video and they're watching a lot of the video, you make a little bit more money. But once they start going viral, you actually, you know, there's a point where it starts to drop off. Um, so, yeah, in a million view video, you might you might make less than 5000 maybe 4000 or something like that. Well, 
Alex, I think what you do is 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 very interesting. Once again, I'm a car freak, but I'm also a digital guy as well too. And I, I came upon you, like I said, not too long after you started. And I think you have a really fresh delivery. Uh, you know, I don't want to say long. I'll just compliment you up from one side down the other. You're very down to earth. You're very conversational. You give very good sort of how-to videos. And I think your commentary sometimes about, like when you did the E55 thing about, you know, the the dealership. You took it to the dealership and they gave you a list of what was wrong, and they. Missed Missed all sorts of stuff on there too, which I thought was fascinating. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the real world. Having that inside dealership kind of experience has helped me with that. And believe it or not, I still have friends at the dealer. <laughs> most people are like, they must hate you over there. I'm like, no. I'm like, to be honest with you, most old car people aren't going to the dealer anyway. So, right, and you act, you know, you actually say that in the video that once a car gets that many miles on it, it's to the point where you're not going to take it to the dealership. You're going to yeah, take it. Yeah, you would never take it to the dealer. I mean, you know, that, that was that's why I like to blend. Um, you know, how tos and and good information with enter- with entertainment at all. You know, at the same time, so bringing a four hundred thousand mile seventeen year old Mercedes to the dealer not the best idea in the world, but it was interesting. You know, I get these estimates for twenty thousand dollars. And then we fix them at home for two, you know? I hear you. I hear you. I know what you're saying. I've done that many times when I've had people tell them, give me, show me estimates of things, their car. And I go like, I could do that for a hundred bucks. And they'll go like, what? I go, yeah, the parts are like 30 and, you know, and this is, you know, something like that. Alex Palmieri. I try to give people the confidence to do it at home. You can save a lot of money. I think you do a great job with it. Uh, People want to get in touch with you. You're uh, on YouTube. Legit Street Cars is your your YouTube channel. Uh, Do you have social media, websites, anything you want to promote? Yeah. Yeah, Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter, it's all at Legit Streetcars. Really easy to remember. Got it. And it's L-E-G-I-T, Streetcars. Uh, do you have a website at all? Um, I do have LegitStreetcars.com. I'm not, I'm not on there too often. I'm pretty much just on social media and YouTube. Got it. Alex, appreciate your time this morning. I think what you do is fascinating. Uh, and you know what? You. When you say you're 36, year old, 36 years old and you're a young guy, or I mean old guy, <laughs> you got to keep it in context. A lot of YouTubers are 21. So. I, I hear you. I hear you. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right. Have a good uh, one. Bye-bye. There you go, Shelly. What would you think? I thought it was amazing. <laughs> he's, he's doing this in his garage at home, you know, and, and, and he's, it, it, I, I'm, I wouldn't say this when he was on the air. He's a really good looking guy. I mean, I'm telling you, he's a guy, kind of guy, and I think that's part of his, uh, well, not necessarily with the guys, but I know they're his women. Charm. Well, he's, he could easily be, and I, if you go and take a look at it, are you, you there where you can take a look at this real quick? Uh-huh. Go to, you go, just go to YouTube and just type in Legit Streetcars, L-E-G-I-T, Legit Streetcars, and uh, he looks like he's Italian. Um, and he's in really good shape, and he's very uh, personable. And like I said, uh, I'm not uh, you know, a woman, but to me, as a guy, I think that uh, if I look like him, I'd be happy. You got it? I'm looking. <laughs> Wait a minute, legit streetcars. Yeah. Anyway, he okay. does this in his garage in Chicago. And once again, it's interesting. I didn't realize he still had a full-time job. Ooh. I thought he was doing this. Do you see him? No. Oh, you went. I don't. Okay. A- anyway, um, I thought he had. I thought he did this full time. And uh, once again, what's interesting is each video. Remember, he said took it takes on the average of forty hours for each video. Holy cow! I mean, that's some work. I mean, how many people would do that? 
and you know, once again, I think that's fascinating because a lot of times, you know, we, we re- do, you know, audio recording and we do video as well too. But a lot of times, you know, we'll, I'll spend an hour, two hours, three hours in a commercial, a 30 second commercial. And people go like, oh, what'd you do? Did you knock that out in about 10 minutes? No, it took two, three hours. And I go, what? I go, well, I had to do this and I had to sync music and I had to get sound effects and I had to edit the copy and blah, 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 blah. You know what I'm saying? Did you find it? I do know what you're saying. And I'm, I'm, I just got a, caught a glimpse of him. He's kind of yum. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. He's not, he's, he's, yeah. I think most women would say he's easy on the eyes, wouldn't you say? Yes, he's not completely unfortunate looking. Yes. <laughs> That's when he said, he says, well, you know what? I'm getting up there in years. I'm going like, up there in years? Uh, you know, I, I, I pretty much guessed his age. I said mid-30s. He said 36, so I was only a year off. Well, actually, mid-30s could have been 36. And I'm going like, okay, he's he's a good-looking guy. I mean, to me, he's got like 20 more years in the tank as far as I'm concerned. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, being on videos and things like that. You know, He's kind of getting up there in years. Is that what he said? Yeah, that's what he's. Okay. I'm thinking to myself, man, I'd trade you in a day, dude. <laughs> you, know, you can you can take over so this. Would I. You take it over this radio show, and I'll go back to you and your garage in Chicago. You know, working on Mercedes and things like that. So anyway, interesting guy, I think. And and you know what's interesting? He comes across on the on on the radio really well. He comes across as a very approachable, uh, you know, uh, uh, easygoing kind of guy. Uh, has enthusiasm in his voice, and I think that's what makes a lot of. And that's you know. Part of, you know, what goes on with a lot of these, you know, YouTube videos is that, you know, the people that you can sort of identify with. I mean, it's like the old thing. It's like watching TV. There are certain people that that when you see like George Clooney, I mean, obviously, he's a really good looking guy. But there are certain people on TV that you feel very comfortable with. You know what I mean? I mean, you just you you see them. It's like, ah, you know, and then you meet them and they're jerks. (laughs) That's not true. Are you talking about you? Yeah. No, that is not true. Yeah. And I got a better better look at him. Yeah, he's um he's he's kind of fun. So, I'm not kidding when I say he's in a he's in a No, he's he's very attractive. Yes. Yeah, good-looking guy. So, and I think that's... And seems sharp as a, you know, oh. sharp as a tack. Well, if you work at a Mercedes... Cute as a button, sharp as a tack. If you work at a Mercedes dealership, you know, I mean, that's like, you know, like, you know, in, 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 in uh, mechanics or now technicians, they don't call them mechanics anymore. That's sort of like the high end of the, of the, of the, the you know, the, the job spectrum, so to speak. You know, if you're working at the Yugo dealership, chances are you're not the best mechanic. If you're working at the Mercedes dealership... Chances are, and he was a master mechanic. Chances are, you are mm-hmm. pretty darn good at what you do, because they yeah. don't. They yeah, don't, I, I get that he's pretty darn good at what he does. They don't hire too many knuckle busters like me at Mercedes dealerships. Trust me. Knuckle busters. <laughs> what you call Just them. give me a tree and I'm fine. <laughs> yeah, shade tree and you know and WD forty <laughs> and some liquid wrench and a metric wrench. Right, and no, I'm some, good. Some liquid wrench and uh, you know a good a good four pounds sledgehammer and a chisel and I'm I'm ready to work, right? Yes. That's going to do it for us, Shelly. Um, Brad, it's been a pleasure as usual. Everybody have a great Thursday, and um, we will see you tomorrow. 829.